It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that is so nice, we do it twice. And we do it early for you guys, Thanksgiving week. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, bunch of podcasts, bunch of teams I played for. I love Thanksgiving. I love football. I love food. It's like the dream holiday for me. And I love fantasy football with my guy, Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan, the maestro, the czar of fantasypoints.com, where if you just enter that little code feast, you get a nice discount and you get access to the best fantasy website I'm aware of. And by the way, much more affordable than some of the other ones that are out there. It's a no-brainer. You get the Guru and Dolan and Greg Cosell and a cast of thousands for half the price these other websites I see. Twice the content, twice the talent, half the price. You got to be kidding me. Fantasypoints.com, code FEAST. Joe, it's Niners, it's Rams. I got to tell you, man, Rams are a machine. Sean McVay, I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are open every play. Yeah, and, like, I'm finally glad that I, I they, they figured out that that's something that might be beneficial to them. It almost feels like McVay's been kind of outthinking himself in recent weeks. And, you know, I, as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, I never once said the Ram offense was bad, but it just seems like, they were trying to get too many players involved. They were trying to run the ball maybe just a little bit too much, and it was stalling drives and leading to either premature punts or field goals. And then against the Buccaneers, a good defense, McVay is like, you know what? Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, these guys are pretty good. Maybe we should throw it to them. I hope that continues because this is the Rams team that everybody drafted. The team that wasn't unnecessarily throwing the ball to, to Josh Reynolds a whole 400 times a game or running 13 tight end sets and mixing in seven different running backs. They threw the ball. They dropped Derek Goff back. They got quick passes to Cup, Woods, took their shots down the field. Now, with Cup and Woods, they have been a little bit underwhelming for fantasy this year, but I don't know how you can sit them coming off of that game. Obviously, San Francisco has all the injuries. In the backfield for the Rams, though, Man, how do you feel good about any of these guys after that game? Daryl Henderson has 10 touches for nine yards. Malcolm Brown touches the ball four times. Cam Akers touches the ball six times, gets in his first NFL touchdown. This is an ugly three-man rotation now that resembles the Ravens' three-man rotation in which I don't want to trust anybody for fantasy. But when I'm playing uh, when I'm playing uh, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and now Gerald Everett, who seems to have passed Tyler Higby on a, on um, uh, Jared Goff's personal depth chart, I, I feel pretty good about this passing game after that performance against the Buccaneers on Monday night. What about the Niners coming off a bye? Yeah, let's see how healthy they get. Is Debo Samuel going to be back? Uh, are they going to get their receivers off the COVID list? Uh, is Raheem Mostert going to be back? Recording this on Tuesday because of the holiday, those are questions we do not have answers to. But I would anticipate Brandon Ayuk is still going to be involved here, whether or not Debo Samuel is back. Um, does that 
draw shadow situation from Jalen Ramsey. I wouldn't anticipate that, but it could be a tough matchup for the rookie and for Nick Mullins, the quarterback. Is he going to be under siege in this game? Not a great matchup as the Rams are coming off what I would argue is their best defensive performance of the year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night. So we do have a lot of questions about some availability for the San Francisco 49ers. One guy who I expect will get targets in this game, though, will be Jordan Reed, the tight end, who's filling in for George Kittle. Um, let's get to Saints Broncos Saints with Taysom Hill. What do we need to know? Oh, so yeah, last week we put the clip up looking all pretty up there on, on Twitter and YouTube of me saying, oh, Taysom Hill's role might decrease the way it did when Teddy Bridgewater was the starter last year. And then Sean Payton on Friday, after I have written thousands of words about how are the Saints going to look with Jameis Winston at quarterback, Sean Payton pulls the rug out from under us. And uh, as we saw last week, Taysom Hill broke fantasy football. He was eligible at tight end on FanDuel, and he was eligible at tight end on ESPN. Neither one of those is true this week. He is a quarterback only. There is a lot of discussion, by the way, um, probably from a lot of fantasy baseball purists about Taysom Hill's eligibility being changed on ESPN. Because uh, Do you play fantasy baseball, Ross? Absolutely not. Okay. So one of the, the key tenets of fantasy baseball is – Guys during the season, so their positional eligibility is set at the beginning of the season. So, for instance, if a guy is a second baseman in fantasy baseball at the beginning of the season, even if he plays third base the entire year, he does not lose that second base eligibility. He would only gain third base eligibility. So you don't lose eligibility in fantasy baseball. You only gain it. Um, So I think a lot of purists were against changing Taysom Hill's eligibility to only be quarterback now on ESPN because the the thought process is, hey, if I'm smart enough to realize Taysom Hill might start at quarterback and he has tight end eligibility, then I should be able to exploit that. I should be able to say I made that move because I was forward thinking. There was a lot of people who think that. The problem is the difference between fantasy baseball and fantasy football is that a quarterback getting eligibility at another position utterly breaks the game. You're not going to break fantasy baseball because a first baseman gains some catcher eligibility or vice versa. It's not going to happen. To the same extent, a quarterback getting a a tight end eligibility does in fantasy football. So there is that argument, but that is not available right now. What is available is Taysom Hill as a quarterback. And Taysom Hill played very well as a quarterback. He went 17-22, to did not anticipate that he would resurrect the career of Michael Thomas, but here we are. Congratulations to Michael Thomas. He's now back in your lineups. Uh, and he runs for two touchdowns. Everything we wanted Taysom Hill to do, with the exception of one thing. No catches for Alvin Kamara. None. Alvin Kamara with Drew Brees was on pace to break the single season running back reception record. Don't think that's going to happen now. And he's dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. I'm not saying you bench Alvin Kamara, but do not anticipate him to catch as many passes with Taysom Hill at quarterback as he did with Drew Brees. Because instead of checking down to Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill will just simply take off and run. So we have a different Saint offense that might stretch the field a little bit more. But it is very fantasy viable. Taysom Hill is extremely fantasy viable as a quarterback one, given the way he runs. And uh, he's resurrected Michael Thomas. I was excited to see him kind of force feed him the ball. The same offense was good with Taysom Hill at quarterback. I've been a Taysom Hill skeptic. I've hated the fact that they use these packages and take Drew Brees off the field. But you have to admit that he passed his first test as a starting quarterback in the NFL with flying colors. That he did. What about the Broncos, Joe? 
Well, Drew Locke only threw one interception, which is good news for the Broncos. The bad news was for fantasy and the passing game because nobody else got anything done against Miami. Tim Patrick had five catches for 119 yards. He's extremely frustrating because if you put him in against the Saints, he might go for three for 15. Uh, He's a wide receiver three. Jerry Judy's a wide receiver three. He's really struggling with his hands. He's getting open quite a bit, but his hands have been uh, less than desirable right now. So I'm a little worried about that. Um, I do not anticipate the Broncos run game to go off the way it went off against Miami. Melvin Gordon going for 84 yards and two touchdowns and Philip Lindsay going for 82 yards. Um, the problem with that backfield was neither guy caught a pass last week from Drew Locke. So Melvin Gordon's getting the touchdown opportunities. He fumbled again, by the way. Uh, and Philip Lindsay doesn't catch passes as is. Both of those guys are just flex plays to me. Uh, let's get to the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Wow, what a game. Chiefs, Bucks. Yeah, will the real Buccaneers please stand up? The Tom Brady who's going to throw for four touchdowns and get the Brady sneak at the goal line, or the Tom Brady who people are freaking out about, oh, my God, he threw another duck up there down the field. Bruce Arians not necessarily playing to his strengths. Brady's throwing the ball down the field. It's not anywhere close to his receivers. Um, Ali Marpet, the guard, was out again. Maybe he'll be back to help solidify that pass protection in front of Tom Brady. Saw Donovan Smith limp off at the beginning of that game uh, against uh, against the Rams as well. So Tom Brady, uh, you would anticipate he's going to have to put up numbers in this one against Kansas City. Derek Carr has put up numbers against Kansas City. This game has a 56.5 point total. Everybody on planet Earth is expecting numbers to be put up. And I, I think given the upside of the Buccaneers offense, you have to play Brady. You got to play Godwin, Evans, and Antonio Brown and Gronk. It's just that you know that sometimes Brady's going to look his age. Some weeks he hasn't. Some weeks he has, and it, it, we've seen that in the last three weeks. Brady looking his age twice and looking like he's 25 in another week. I think this is a week Brady's going to come to play and put up numbers, though, against Kansas City. And when it gets to the backfield, both Fournette and Ronald Jones are flex plays. I mean, I, I'm sick of that backfield. Fournette dropping passes all over the field. Ronald Jones, um, the only play he's made in the last three weeks is a 98-yard touchdown run, uh, which obviously counts, but it's the only play he's made in the last three weeks. They can't run the ball. They're going to try to throw the ball, and hopefully Brady is able to withstand the pressure. And for the Chiefs, I mean, is there anything different this week than any other week? I mean, I'm, I've actually been a little bit surprised with how little Le'Veon Bell has played. Um, the problem is in that backfield for both Bell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, both of whom scored scored this past week, by the way, Edwards-Alaire twice and Bell once, is that Daryl Williams is the hurry-up back. So wait a minute, you got you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a great receiver in college. Le'Veon Bell, who's been a great receiver in the NFL. And neither one of them is the hurry-up back for the Chiefs. So that hurts them both uh, in that regard. Uh, at wide receiver, keep an eye on the status of Sammy Watkins because if Sammy Watkins plays, that kills the value of Demarcus Robinson. And Cole Hardman, I mean, with this guy, it, it, it appears apparent he's more of a backup to Tyreek Hill than he is to Sammy Watkins. But he is a guy you've just got to pray scores a long touchdown if you, if you play him for fantasy. Sunday night. The Bears and the Packers. I guess we don't know who the Bears quarterback will be, Joe. Does it matter? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it could be Foles. It could be Trubisky. It might be neither because both of them are dealing with injuries. The fact that Nagy refuses to commit to one makes me feel like he doesn't want to go with uh, 
Foles, but I'm not really sure what what they're going to be, who they're going to be better with against Green Bay. Uh, this, by the way, this game is off the boards at the sports books right now because of that situation. I'm not sure who it is matters with the number. Uh, they only have two quarterbacks on the roster. By the way, they have Tyler Bray on the practice squad and Kyle Slaughter on the practice squad. Uh, if they want to call somebody up to make the start. Obviously, Foles or Trubisky would be better for this offense, but I expect Allen Robinson to catch a shadow from Jair Alexander, which lowers his ceiling for fantasy. You would hope David Montgomery is back uh, with from the concussion this week. He's an RB2. Um, Darnell Mooney is maybe a guy you take a shot on as an, as an RB3, but with 16 teams playing this week, the Bears with an uncertain quarterback situation, I'm, I'm not into it right now. Last I checked, uh, and I don't know if it's up right now or not as we record this on on Tuesday, but DraftKings Sportsbook had the game uh, Packers favored by eight and a half. More importantly, how about this no-brainer for DraftKings Sportsbook? If either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown Thursday night, you double your money. All you need is one touchdown to double your money. Gosh, can you imagine if there's not a game now? There better be a game because a lot of people are taking advantage of this offer to double their money with one touchdown. I mean, there's going to be a touchdown. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook giving you the chance to double your money if either Pittsburgh or Baltimore scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. That's right. All it takes is one score, one touchdown, and you double your money when you use promo code Ross during sign-up. Limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times played. The restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe D, Green Bay, what do you got? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is awesome right now. Obviously, it's not a great matchup, but Rodgers and Devontae Adams have to be in your lineup. Aaron Jones, it seems like they're taking it a little bit easy with him. He's still an RB1 because of the the goal line equity, but they use Jamal Williams, who you can play as a flex. And, you know, I know... a lot of knuckleheads out there are yelling about Marquez Valdez-Scantling because of the fumble, but he's actually played pretty well recently. Um, I still think he's more of a low-end wide receiver three for Green Bay because Alan Lazard is back and they kind of got his feet wet this past week. I'd probably want to avoid playing either one of those guys uh, until I see how that snap share is going to shake out going forward. But uh, Green Bay is pretty narrow. You play Aaron Rodgers every week, Aaron Jones every week. Um, Jamal Williams, you can maybe play as a flex play, and obviously Devontae Adams is the number one receiver in all fantasy football. Okay, uh, let's get now to Monday Night Football. Seahawks and the Eagles. Start with the Seahawks, Joe. Uh, Start them. DK Metcalf. The Eagles passed on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside for DK Metcalf, as any Eagle fan knows. Any player who the Eagles could have had but didn't will go for like 300 yards and three touchdowns against them. DK Metcalf is going off in this game. Tyler Lockett probably going off in this game. Chris Carson, get him in your lineup. Russell Wilson, get him in your lineup. If you are dying for a tight end, the Seahawks just put Greg Olson on IR. You can maybe pick up Will Disley and start him. The Eagles, the Eagles are an utter disaster right now, Ross. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Um, I think it starts from the front office down, but I don't think it's a very well coached football team, and that is an understatement right now. Okay, but what about um, 
What about the Eagles offensive? Oh my God. Uh, of course, this is how we're going to have to wrap up the, uh, the podcast. Um, it's a broken offense. And, what I see right now is a quarterback in Wentz who is playing with no confidence whatsoever. He doesn't know what he's seeing. And when somebody like Wentz, who, I, I mean, I think anybody would argue, even his skeptics coming out of North Dakota State would probably argue, at, at the very least, he's sharp mentally. I don't see that right now. And I see zero creativity. I see Doug Peterson coming out of a press conference this week and saying, Jason Peters who, who was a turnstile against Cleveland, even without Miles Garrett, is still our left tackle when Jordan Mailata had played, uh, I would argue, has outplayed Jason Peters this year. I see Doug Peterson coming out in his press conference and saying, we've got to get Alshon Jeffrey more involved when, as my guy John Hansen said, Alshon Jeffrey looked like a mummy jumping for that pass at the end of the game that was picked off by Denzel Ward. I see a complete disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff right here with Philadelphia. you uh, I mean, you're beginning to get into the territory where you're looking that they've completely broken the quarterback. Um, by the way, in the Eagles, they can't, they can't just say, oh, see you, Carson, we're going to go with Jalen Hurts because of his contract. So that raises another layer to the Jalen Hurts pick. Um, a smartest man in the room kind of pick. I don't understand what it was. But, I mean... Travis Fulgham's disappeared. He's caught two of 12 targets the last two weeks. What happened the last two weeks? Oh, the Eagles decide they have to play Alshon Jeffrey. So now Travis Fulgham is getting a little bit overshadowed there. Um, Jalen Rager's doing all right, you know, but the off uh, it's hard to evaluate him in this in this environment for me. Dallas Goddard is probably the guy I feel best about in this passing game. Had a big game against the Browns last week. And I guess, you know, Wentz, against all odds, has put up some fantasy numbers. And you would think against Seattle, there's the ability to put up numbers. But um, Wentz has been a guy who, you know, when the Eagles make a mistake early in a game, it just all seems to spiral downhill on them. And that's a confidence issue. That's a coaching issue. You know, when I look at that game against Cleveland last week and I see Miles Sanders fumble inside the five-yard line after the Eagles ran the ball down the Browns' throat on the opening drive, you wonder how much things would have been different if they're able to punch that in instead of Miles Sanders turning the ball over. Sanders, by the way, looks fine to me. He's just making some mistakes. Uh, he's still an RB1. But this is an offense that even in a good matchup, I don't know if I can trust it to put up numbers based on how broken everything seems to be. And it starts with the roster, and it starts with the coaching for me. I think this is a top-down rotten apple, not something that has an easy fix. That'll do it for episode two of the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast. Make sure you check out my guy, Joe Dolan, on Twitter, at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL across the various social media platforms. This show is available on YouTube every week, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can always be the first to know when it's posted because we post it to at Ross Tucker pod on Twitter and Instagram. We'll post a tweet to let you know it is ready and available. The key, of course, is to go to fantasypoints.com and use the code FEAST. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.